Grace, mercy, and peace of Christ Jesus rest upon each and every one of you this day. Amen. may be seated. Today's gospel lesson is one of my favorite lessons in Holy Scripture. There is just so much good stuff here. We have young Mary coming to her elder cousin Elizabeth to share the good news that she is pregnant. That in itself is miraculous. Because there has never been a time in all of history that people have rejoiced and celebrated the pregnancy of an unwed teenage girl. Nowadays, our culture says that she has ruined her life. And, that, and they advocate that it is her choice to murder her unborn child because she messed up and got pregnant. It will ruin her life, so just get rid of it. The post-World War II generation referred to unwed teenage pregnancy as getting into trouble. That is not very warm or loving or joyous sounding, is it? But this was not the case with Mary or Elizabeth. They rejoiced. Mary obviously rejoices because the angel of the Lord told her directly that God was working his salvation miracle through her. She would become pregnant by the Holy Spirit and be the mother of our God and Savior in the flesh. Theotokos, which is Greek for the mother of God, literally the God-bearer. Mary believes the word of God spoken to her by this heaven-sent messenger. She does not question the wisdom of God. She does not ask how she can be pregnant if she is still a virgin, but that she does ask how she can be pregnant since she's still a virgin, but that is a very normal and good question to ask. She understands the birds and the bees. God says, I have this miracle covered. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you and make you pregnant. Nothing is impossible with God. She hears this, and she does not complain or cry that God is really messing up her life or her big plans. God, I was going to go to college. I have career aspirations. I just can't be pregnant. We already have the wedding date set. Non-refundable deposits have been made. How am I supposed to fit into my wedding dress if I'm pregnant? What will everyone think? What will everyone say? It just won't work. You've got to find someone else. That conversation never happened, and thank God it didn't. She said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And that was it. Theologically, it is understood that this is the very moment that divine conception takes place. Mary believes. She does not reject. She does not doubt. She humbles herself in the obedience of faith. And the Holy Spirit overshadows her. And she conceives. St. Luke then proceeds to tell us that Mary, full of joy and excitement and wonder, goes with haste to share the good news with her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who was quite a bit older than Mary, hears Mary's greeting. And as soon as those words are received, the miracle baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and she cries out in faithful joy, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth doesn't shame Mary for getting into trouble. She doesn't give Mary that look that obviously doesn't believe this tall tale being told, and she wants the truth. Elizabeth 
rejoices. She rejoices in the fact that God has so richly blessed Mary with this awesome gift and privilege. And make no mistake, that is what is meant here with the words, blessed are you among women. There have been many heresies that have been invented that extol Mary's sinless, immaculate perfection based on this verse in Scripture. But that is not what Elizabeth proclaims. She rejoices that Mary has been blessed, blessed by God, to bear the Messiah in her womb. There is nothing wrong with this confession of faith. And let us not forget that Elizabeth is pregnant too. And she rejoices. She doesn't complain. She doesn't doubt. God, Zechariah, and I are getting close to retirement. This really messes up our plans. You didn't give us a child at all those years when we were constantly asking you for a baby, when we were young and spry and able to keep up. And now you want us to be a full-time mother and father at this age? Again, thankfully, this conversation never happened. Well, not with Elizabeth. Zechariah struggled, doubted, and questioned when the angel of the Lord told him the good news, and such behavior earned him a nine-month sentence of muteness. He was struck mute and unable to talk. Maybe that's why Elizabeth was so joyous. (laughs) We are never actually told what Elizabeth thought when she first found out that she was pregnant with the new Elijah. God had sent to prepare the way for his son. We do know that as soon as the pregnant Mary greets her, the words enter into her body and the baby leaps for joy, which causes her to respond and cry out in joy. Think about that for a moment. There is outstanding theology at play here. Where does Jesus, the Lord of the church, dwell in this account? He dwells in Mary's womb, in the midst of Mary. Where does our Lord Christ dwell right now? He is here. He is with us in our midst. He is in the midst, the womb of the church, the place where God gives birth from above to new life, the place where God nurtures and cares for and feeds his precious children of faith. We do not worship Mary, no different than we do not worship the church. The church does not save us. The church did not die for our sins. But Almighty God himself dwells within the church. He abides and works and lives within the church in order to give us life and peace and salvation. So looking again at our lesson, we see Christ dwells within Mary. Mary proclaims greetings to Elizabeth. Christ dwells within Mary. Mary greets with a greeting of peace. The peace of Christ who dwells within her. Elizabeth hears this Christly proclamation of peace from this young and humble church in the flesh. And this word penetrates to her inner being, greeting and feeding and quickening the little life who dwells within her own womb. This Christly greeting of peace reaches his little ears, his soul, and he jumps for joy. He is in the presence of his Lord and Savior. It is not Mary's word or presence that causes this precious little life to rejoice. It is the word of Christ which Mary proclaims, the word which dwells within her, the word which proceeds from her. 
Nothing should be different. What is the church's job? It is to proclaim the peace of Jesus Christ. That's it. When the church speaks, you should hear Jesus. I pray that this is the case when our humble little dwelling place of Jesus opens our mouths and makes proclamations and confession. I pray that Christ is heard through us and not in spite of us. Will some of what you hear cause you to be unsettled and rattled? Yes. God loves you enough to tell you the truth. He loves you enough to tell you that you are a sinner and that what you are doing or not doing is a sin the wage of which is death. This should unsettle you. But that is not the end of the conversation. The wage of sin is death, but Jesus paid that wage in full with his own life, suffering, and death. It is finished once and for all. You are forgiven. You have been redeemed and delivered from sin, death, and the grave, not because of how good or how awesome you are, not because of how much of a blessing you think you are, but solely because God is gracious and merciful to you. You are saved and forgiven, not because of what you do or don't do, but solely because you hold fast in faith to the all-availing work and righteousness of Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father's grace which declares us innocent for Christ's sake. Faith alone in God's grace alone, which is ours because of Christ alone. That is peace. That is the message of the church. And that brings us to one final point I would like to share with you today. Little John the Baptist was only six months along in the womb. He is already doing the job God sent him to do. He is already pointing to Jesus. He is already making Christ known from the womb. The church, a.k.a. Mary, proclaims the peace of him who dwells within her. And little peanut John hears this proclamation and rejoices, leaping for joy in his mother's womb. John's response is the sanctified response of saving faith and joy in action. Such joyous, justified faith cannot help but share. Such joyous faith, a faith that gets it, a faith that understands who Christ is, what he has done, and what it means for them and for the entire world, cannot help but want everyone to share in this joy. And that is exactly what we see in this little beautiful glimpse of life and faith in action. There is true joy. There is true peace. Mary rejoices and proclaims the joy and peace within her. Elizabeth rejoices. Not only has God kept his word and promise and sent his son to deliver man from sin, death, and the grave, but she is standing in the very presence of this Savior. The Messiah has deigned to visit her and greet her with his peace. And just in case Elizabeth was slow to understand or wavered at all in doubt or uncertainty, the blessed and faithful little peanut in her womb stirs and makes all kinds of joyous commotion, letting his mother know that she is in the presence of the Christ. 
The blessed and faithful John, upon hearing the proclamation of the peace of Christ, which was spoken from the humble, unassuming little handmaiden where Almighty God deigned to dwell, leaps for joy and makes his faithful joy known to others. He shares his Christ-centered joy. He evangelizes. He is already doing true and faithful mission work. And he still has three months to go before he leaves the safety of his mother's womb and enters into the dark and sinful world that Christ came to redeem. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, nothing has changed. Look around you. You, as God's holy and blessed children, dwell safe and secure within the womb of the church. You dwell where Christ dwells. He dwells and abides with you now and always to the very end of the age. He is here reaching out to you to nourish you with his grace, mercy, and peace. Reaching out his pierced hands to feed you with his word and his very body and blood. Here the water and blood which flowed forth from his riven side is poured over you in holy baptism. Washing you in his perfect righteousness. Here that holy blood flows forth from Christ as he himself holds out his life-giving cup of salvation. Bidding you to drink for the forgiveness of all sin. Be at peace for it is finished. May God grant you the joy of faith in all circumstances. May his joy and peace be ever and always in your hearts and on your lips. Amen. So may the peace of the Lord that surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.